0: Welcome to our teaching today, where Christ's Word is the center of our world. We are about to listen to the undiluted Word of God from the throne of grace with Pastor Philip Bello. If you have your Bibles, let's quickly turn to Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17. You can put a bookmark there. We would also go to mark chapter 11 and verse verse 12 but let's start with Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 it says that the god of our lord jesus christ the father of glory may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him verse verse 18 the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that ye may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the reaches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? Verse nineteen. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to the working of his mighty power? Let's start from verse seventeen. I want us to read verse seventeen together. I want us to all do verse seventeen together. Are you ready? All right, let's go. One to go, that the Father, that, sorry, let's start again, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom. Now let's say, may give to me the spirit of wisdom. And revelation in the knowledge of him. Now verse 18. You say that the eyes of my understanding. So let's go. One to go. The eyes of my understanding being enlightened, that I may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints. Mark chapter 11. Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Mark chapter 11, verse 12. Now the next day, when they had come out out from Bethany, he was hungry. He was hungry. Verse 13 And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves for it was not the season for figs. Next verse In response, Jesus said to it, let no one eat fruit. From you ever again. And his disciples heard it. Verse 20. Let's move to verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by. They saw the fig tree dried up from the roots. Verse 21. And Peter remembering said to him. Rabbi look the fig tree which you cursed has withered away. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. Now, I'm going to place emphasis on the part of the Bible which says in the verse that Jesus was hungry. Jesus was hungry. Jesus was hungry. I will talk about what I have called the hope of his calling. The hope of his calling. Every human being that God has made has a particular purpose for which God has designed him. So therefore, when Peter, or when Paul rather, talks about the hope of his calling, you might want to see hope in two dimensions. The first dimension is hope as a subjective emotion. That's the assurance that you have. Concerning something in the future. But on the, on the other hand, you might also want to see hope as um, an objective concept of a blessing. That is something that is outside of you, but it has been placed in front of you so that you come into. So you could see hope in those two dimensions. The first one is as a feeling, as an emotion. How many of you have been hopeful about something before? So therefore you understand what I'm saying. The Bible says hope deferred makes the heart sick. Which means that it's possible to um, have hope for something. And when it doesn't come to pass, it breaks your heart so much. Because of how deep your heart has been connected to what you're hoping for. So therefore, hope can be a subjective emotion. Can you make this lighter for me? I feel like I'm inside water. Make this lighter, a little bit lighter. So therefore, hope can be a subjective emotion. But at the end of the day, I would prefer to conclude that hope is not necessarily just a feeling on the inside, but hope is the combination of the two. Because if there is nothing to look forward to I may not have the feeling on the inside. Do you understand what I'm saying? Am I going too technical? Now, if I promised you that I was going to give you a car on your birthday, that promise has become an objective blessing that is in your future. And because of the objective blessing, which is the promise, you now begin to feel some joy inside. So there is hope as what you are coming into, and there is also hope as what you feel inside. Do you understand it? So therefore, um, when Paul is praying, he's telling the church to pray this way, that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling. It means that may your eyes be flooded with light so that you know what God has hoped for when he saved you. Do you understand that? Now, what God has hoped for when he saved you is the objective blessing that you are looking at. And because of that which you are looking at, it gives you the sense of internal hope and internal assurance in your heart that because of the blessings of God or because of the purpose of God that I am coming into, I therefore begin to feel a sense of assurance. Do you understand what I'm saying? now this is um, also relative to what Jesus did the Bible says concerning Jesus that who for the joy that was set before him did you get that? who for the joy that was set before him he endured the cross and he despised the shame which means that the joy before him was the objective hope of Jesus and then The willingness to go through the cross with the assurance of the capacity to go through the cross was the subjective emotion of Jesus. Now, can I explain this to you? What it means is that it is easy to go through today when tomorrow is in the picture. What I'm saying to you is that if you can constantly put your eyes on the future, you would always be able to go through now. Paul says in 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 12, he says, For this cause I do suffer now, nevertheless I am not ashamed. Which means that my shame right now is not tied to my feelings. I can be in the middle of shame, I can be in the middle of reproach, but the, the shame around me does not determine how I feel. Because how I feel is bigger Than what is around me. Do you understand that? So Paul says, for the witch cause, he says, For this reason I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. And I am persuaded that he is able to keep. Now you can see Paul is talking about an objective um, person of God in the picture, which means that he is focusing on God, which Gives him the hope that he endures the situations of life. Now, I I want you to realize that when you were born, there are some things that did not come to your consciousness. But while you started to grow up and while you started to mature in the things of God, God started to open your eyes to the hope of his calling for you. Do you understand what I'm saying? God started to expand to you what He thought about when He made you. Now, I was born, um, of course, growing up as a little child in the home of the pastor. I didn't think that I was going to be a pastor at first. But not too long, growing up as a child, I knew already that this is what God has hoped for before I came into the picture. So, What it means is that the objective spiritual blessing in front of you is what God hoped for. Now, can we put this together and say, that is what we call intention. Do you understand it? So, there is an intention for your life. There is an intention for which God has made you. So, Paul is saying, before you begin to make declarations concerning yourself and say, um, um, I I, I, I pray, oh God, that I I am blessed of all people. Or I pray, oh God, that I have this, I have that. Paul says, first of all, ask God to give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened. That you may know what the intention of God was for you before you came. That's what Paul is saying. So he says, before you begin to make declarations, don't be like the Christian who is beating the air without having the understanding of the intention of God for his life. Now, somebody say after me, say, I receive understanding. I want you to shout it loud. Say, I receive understanding. Shout it one more time. Say, I receive insight. Okay, so when God now begins to flood your eyes with understanding and you begin to know what the hope of his calling for you is, you begin to step into the things that he has proposed for you to step in. The devil is a master in twatting your plans. Yeah, the devil knows how to make you focus on what you shouldn't be focusing on. Why? Because he wants you to rather deal with stuff than to face purpose. He wants you to deal with um, the necessities of life and have you not walk in purpose all the days of your life. But you see, I believe God. One of the things God told me about this service is that God said ministries are going to be born. Now, when I'm talking about ministries, when I say ministries are going to be born, I'm not saying... Um, the birth of ministry in the place or in in the context of existence. But I'm saying the birth of ministry in your spirit that your eyes will understand the ministry that he has hoped for when he saved you. Do you understand what I'm saying? So God is about to bring you into the place of knowledge and revelation and wisdom in his purpose and his counsel for you. Now some of us are completely off And when I say off, I really mean off. We're completely off the plans and the purposes of God for our lives because our focus is on the wrong things. But I pray somebody's eyes will be open today. Now, do you know it's it's not just about coming to church. It's not just about singing in the choir. It's not just about identifying with the church. It's actually about your life. It's about you. Because your purpose has nothing to do with your neighbor. Now, Pastor Paul is a twin. His brother, Peter, um, they, as far as the east is from the west, that's, that's the way their, purpose, their purposes are. Because the fact that they are twins does not mean that there is the monodirection of purpose in their lives. They probably will be going in two completely different places. Do you understand what I'm saying? So my prayer for you is that you will come to the Agis. You'll come to the place of insight for what he hoped for. Now, I, 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 want, to, I want to admonish you that every time, every time you are praying, um, when you're making a supplication, a supplication is like you're making a request. This is one of the most important prayers you can pray for yourself. So every time you are praying, always say, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding that I will know what is the hope of your calling for my life. There is nothing as good as being in the will of God. Guess what? Money can't replace it. There is nothing you have that can give or satisfy that. If... If I was to visit Pastor Ideal's house, tomorrow is his birthday, please love on him and call him. If I was to visit Pastor Ideal's house and his wife, Omar, promises to to make a very nice meal for me, um, I can only imagine if I missed it, if I missed the meal or if I missed the package that she has prepared for me, I can only imagine what it could have been. But I would not be able to fully explain What it was like. Now let me give you an example. Um, On Wednesday, we were supposed to do questions and answers on the gospel. And the Spirit of God said to me, that's not what I want you to focus on. Let Pastor Flo handle the service. And when he did handle the service, I said to him after the um, meeting, and I said, if we did the questions and the answers, it would have been great. Yeah? It would have been awesome. And all we'll be saying is that it was an awesome time in God's presence. But we would never have known what we potentially would have missed. So you see, you don't come to know at the stage that you are if you're oblivious of the hope of his calling. You don't actually know what you are not yet into. And there is no assurance in your heart that drives you into fulfilling that purpose. That's why you need the object in front of you. Do you understand what I'm saying? You don't know the extent to what you're missing if you're not in God's will. It's when you come into the will of God, you realize that the the deeper you go, the deeper you want to get. Look, people who are not in God's will are actually, um, oh my goodness, what's the word for that? I'm trying to think about a very polite way of expressing those kinds of people. If you're not in God's will, You are most likely um, influenced by a negative force that at the end of the day, you will not be able to stand before God and He says, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. At the end of the day, when He shows you in heaven what you may have become if you prayed and said, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding that I may know, I may come to knowledge. Can you say it with me? Say, Lord, open my eyes. No, no, this sounds like a docile congregation that I don't pastor. Say, Lord, open my eyes. Lord, open my eyes. Now, um, he says that you may know what is the hope of his calling, what are the riches of the glory of the saints, of the inheritance in the saints. It would have been amazing if Paul said, What are the riches of the inheritance in the saints? Or what are the inheritance in the saints? But he says, What are the riches of the glory of the inheritance in the saints? Now, friends, hear me. Your real glory is when you are in his hope. Your real glory. Did you hear what I said to you? Your real glory is when you come into the place of the hope of his calling for your life. That's your real glory. How many of you know that right now, um, human beings are not exactly in the full expression of the glory of God? Because after the fall of Adam, after the fall of man, sin has taken away a measure of glory. That's why salvation has to be in three packages. And when you are saved, we define salvation to be or to say that you have been saved, you are being saved, number two. And number three, you will be saved. The first type of salvation is talking about the salvation of your spirit where your spirit is exactly as Jesus is. For as he is in this world, so are we. But your mind is being transformed so salvation is an ongoing process. But the future salvation is the salvation of your body where we put on immortality and at the end of the day you are walking as Jesus actually walked. I'm glad that Adam sinned because the glory of Being like Jesus is more than being like Adam. So you see, God had all these things figured out. So my point to you is that you have not come into your real glory until you begin to walk in what He hoped for you, not what you want for yourself. There are many things, there are many devices in the heart of a man, but it's the counsel of the Lord that will what? That will stand. Many of you have imagined things that you want to do. You must find out is that part of the hope that he has had for me before I came into the picture. So the question I'm asking you today is: What is it that God is revealing to your spirit that he has hoped for when he brought you into the picture? Hallelujah. Concerning Jesus, the Bible says um, it is. I, 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 he said. He said. Um, um, I come in the volume of the books that is written of me that I will do your will. Jesus had a specific purpose and target of what he wanted to be. He was not like a man who was fighting or beating around the air. He understood what his purpose was. Can you say this loud with me and say, Lord, open the eyes of my understanding. Now I want you to shout it loud. Say, Open the eyes of my understanding. So this brings us to our text in the book of Mark chapter 11 verse 12. The Bible says that Jesus was hungry. Somebody say Jesus was hungry. It says now the next day when they had come from Bethany, he was hungry. Can I say to you that God is hungry for something in your life? he is he's hungry for something that he knew you will come into now that's the hope of the calling that he he is expecting you walk into there are certain things about your life that he has preordained and he is hoping that you come into these things there are certain things about your life that he is hoping you will not miss out from that's the hope of his calling when I was in Benin, God was probably hoping that I will come to understand what standpoint is. He was hoping that I would get there. And I woke up one morning, around 6.30 in the morning, and all of a sudden, it was like a man spoke to me, like directly behind my ears. And the word came strongly. It says, standpoint. I don't use that word. I've, I've, I hardly use that word as part of my vocabulary. And then when I heard standpoint, I was driven to go find out what's the meaning of standpoint. And then the Spirit of God said, that's the name of the church. But he was hoping that I would come to it. There are some things about your life that God is hoping that you come into. The things that he has preordained before you came into the picture. Before you were born, he was hoping that you would come into these things. And you know what? When you come into these things that He is hoping for, it triggers another series of purpose in your life. It begins to trigger a series of events that he has planned that you will walk in. There are so many things that he's hungry for. Your father is hungry. Jesus is hungry. He's hungry for the will of God in your life. He's hungry. He's hungry. And many of you are coming into the fulfillment of purpose and into the place of power and into the real glory that he has ordained for you. But he's hungry. He wants to feed from you. Jesus is hungry. So let's move to the next verse. The Bible says that Jesus was hungry and seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves. He went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. Which means that Jesus looked at the fig tree and he saw from afar. And he thought to himself that the fig tree has some, um, some fruit. From afar, it felt like the fig tree was fruitful. Have you ever looked at some people's lives and you see their lives from afar? It actually feels like everything is okay. That's like the example of this. Jesus looked at the tree from afar and when he saw the tree, he came hoping that there will be fruits in the tree or on the tree. And the Bible says from afar, he started to come happily. That's what the Bible says. He says that he came happily. There are so many people's lives who look very fruitful from afar. There are so many people who you conclude that everything is going well from afar but there are no fruits, just leaves. There are individuals today who, who showcase more of the leaves than the fruits. There are people who when you look at from um, the outward you might want to judge that they are in the will of God for their lives but Friends, they really may not be in the will of God for their lives because it's from afar. When you come close, you see the real picture. Yeah. So, Jesus looked from afar and then he started to come close to the fig tree. Have you ever seen people who, um, you know, remember when God promised to bless Abraham, God said to Abraham that I will make your name great And I will make you great. Which means that apart from making your name great, the outward appearance of who you are as a person, apart from making the impression of you great, I will make you as a person great. So when Abraham was blessed, he was blessed with a perception and he was blessed with an identity. Some people have perception but no identity. The perception about them is that they are fruitful from afar. I don't want my fruitfulness to be like an afar kind of fruitfulness. I want you to come in touch with me and find fruits on me. Jesus says, he says that I have chosen you and you have not chosen me, but I have ordained you to bear fruit, that your fruits should remain. Now, he says... By their fruits not by their leaves he says by their fruits you shall what you shall know them some people when you come close to them you don't find anything on them I don't want to be that kind of person I don't want to be the kind of person that just showcases what is around me you know having leaves when, when the Bible says when he came he found nothing but leaves. And, and, and you know what it means? It means that he only found things that were just on the outward. Leaves might symbolize the natural life, and the natural life cannot satisfy the hunger of Jesus. The natural life cannot fulfill the the, the desire of what he is hoping that you come into, because Jesus is hungry. For you. He's looking at you and he's saying, I pray that she understands what I have been trying to tell her. I pray that he comes into the fullness of God's will. I pray that he comes into the fullness of my plans for him. Because I don't just want to be leaves, but I want to be leaves with fruits. So the Bible says that when Jesus saw only leaves, it was disturbing Why was Jesus angry? He was angry because the fig tree is not supposed to produce only leaves. In fact, the moment you see leaves on the fig tree, it's an evidence that there is fruit on the fig tree. Why? Because the fig tree is a kind of tree that produces fruits before leaves. So if you saw leaves on the fig tree, then it shows you that there is fruits already. There are some people who have a false sense of productivity. There are some people who might seem to be productive, but they are not productive. There are some people according to the standard of God. I'm not talking about leaves, friends. Can you leave the leaves alone and move beyond leaves into fruitfulness? Can you leave the natural life alone and come into the things that he has called you to be in? Can you leave those things that are mundane and come into spiritual things? Because fruits are for spiritual people. Fruits are people who are in the wheel of God and people who will walk in the plan of God. But leaves are those who are just consumed about what is around them. Look, the, the, the amount of money I have can never be the fruits that is on me. Because money may just be the leaves. All that is just leaves. went to the best of schools, leaves. I'm the most beautiful girl in my block, leaves. I'm the most handsome man in the block, leaves. I'm so connected that I know people, leaves. The, the, The question is, what are you doing with what he has told you? Now friends, can I tell you, can I tell you, that when God wants to do certain things in your life, he will bring faith on that level for what he wants you to achieve. So he will start to speak to you so that the more you hear, the more faith grows. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So faith will now begin to erupt in your heart because the moment you hear, faith comes. The Bible says that faith cometh by hearing and hearing the word of God. Faith is cumulative and then the law of recognition begins to play out in the principles of faith which means that the more I hear the more I come into the place of faith the more i hear god speak to me friends don't play with the times where you hear god speak to you don't play with the moments where you hear the bible taught don't play with services where the word of god can come to you like hammer don't play with meetings where the spirit of god can move in your heart and then you hear a word behind you saying this is what i want you to do because those things will bring you into fruits and take you from the place of leaves I don't care about what is around me. Those are leaves. But I care about what is inside me. That's the fruit. It's not about what surrounds me. It's about what comes out of me. Those are the fruits. What God is hungry for, he's hungry for what you will bless the nations with. Fruits. He's hungry for the plants and the purpose that he hoped you will come into at the end of the day. Fruits. So if you judge the productivity of your life by the natural things, the mundane things, there's so many people who give more attention to how they look. And you might be the most beautiful person, you spend so much money on makeup, on foundations, on... Hallelujah, Jesus. You spend so much money on those things, but those things are leaves. Leaves are attractive, but leaves may not necessarily be what satisfies the hunger of Jesus. Jesus is hungry. He's hungry. He's hungry for fruits. He's hungry for something in your life. He's hungry for a purpose. He's hungry for a calling. And I've taught you many times in this house that your your, your ministry is not necessarily a microphone ministry. Your ministry may be something that he is... Wanting to do in your life that is connected to kingdom. Anything you can connect to kingdom is ministry. Do you hear what I'm saying? You might be the CEO of your company. If you are not connected to kingdom, then you are not doing ministry. Everybody can be a pastor. Everybody can be an evangelist. But you can do ministry in the area of sports. You can do ministry in the area of entertainment. As long as you connect what you do with kingdom, that's ministry. You hear what I'm saying to you? So God is hungry for certain things in your life and he's hoping that you come into these things. When Jesus saw the fig tree from afar, the Bible says he came happily and when he saw the tree, he was disappointed because when he came close, there was only leaves on the tree. Have you wondered why you made some decisions about some people and at the end of the day, you thought it was going to go well, but it turned out to be the opposite. Just think about a woman who marries a man and she believes that the man is the best Man in the whole world, but after two months of marriage, she begins to see the other side and the negative side of the man, and she feels that she's made the biggest mistake in her whole life. The reason is because she was married not to fruits but leaves. What it means is that she was not attracted by what is the essential of what makes God hungry. She was never attracted to the purpose that will always keep the man as the man that he should be. Because if you say you are a man, then be in the will of God. Make sure you find the will of God in the place of prayers, in the place of supplication, in the place of intercession. Ask God to open the eyes of your understanding till you come to the hope of his calling. There is some that he hoped for that you will come into there is something that he was expecting that you will catch there was something that in the place of prayers he's saying that if she stays in the place of prayers i hope she catches it i hope she hears it because if she can just hear a word everything will open up like 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 a channel that begins to open when when water is flowing through the pipe if she understands what i have planned for her People may not know it, but it doesn't matter. Because if she's convinced about my word, she will do what God wants her to do. If she's, if he's convinced about my word, he will do what God wants him to do. So he's, God is saying, I'm hoping that he gets it. I'm hoping that he understands it. Paul says that I do not consider myself to have apprehended. This is Paul the apostle. He says, I don't say that I have apprehended. Even though I am the chosen apostle to the Gentiles. He says, I don't consider myself to have apprehended. It means there are many more things about my life that I need to catch. I need to lay hold on some things about my life that is connected to purpose, which satisfies the real hunger of spiritual God. So Paul says that I do not, comp- I do not, I, I do not, I do not, I do not say that I have apprehended some things, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind. Some people need to forget some things that are behind because there is purpose in front of you. Do you hear what I'm saying? Some people need to leave the things of yesterday because there is purpose inside of you. Some people need to forget those things that are behind. Friends, watch out for those who are coming from behind, because there is the overtaking anointing, I sense an overtaking anointing here. Can you make my mic better? I sense an overtaking anointing in this place. You remember the woman who had the issue of blood? The Bible says that she said to herself, She came from behind, which means that she was pressing towards Jesus. She kept pressing, and you know what the Bible says that the woman heard of Jesus. When you hear, faith comes into your life. When you begin to hear hope is born into your life. When you begin to hear your purpose is in your front. When you begin to hear God speak to you, I have called you to be king. And I have called you to be the distributor of wealth in this region. When God begins to say certain things about your life, you understand that you are in the place of purpose. You are in the place of God's will for your life. You are not just one man who is living an ordinary life. You are not just one woman who is living an ordinary life. I choose to move from the place of leaves and I'm coming into fruitfulness i prophesy upon somebody here that you are moving from just leaves to fruits you are living you are living the natural to the supernatural if you are completely ob- oblivious of the will of God for your life God is going to begin to speak to your heart the things that he has called you to do there's some of you who are doing some businesses thank you very much there's some of you who are doing some business and God says to you that those business that you have taken up as a project I'm going to use it to bring nations to my name I'm going to use those things for my kingdom I'm going to use those things that you you have decided to do I'm going to use those things that many people will come to the Knowledge of Jesus by those things. God says that I'm about to open up your life, and I'm about to open up your ministry. Some of you have the best of education. Some of you have the best of jobs. But the question I'm asking you: Are you still in the level of leaves? Have you moved beyond leaves to fruits? Have you moved beyond just being natural, being ordinary to fruits? Are you Are you still in the place where the ordinary man understands? But I came to tell you something is about to shake something is about to shift in your life something is about to erupt in your life ministry is about to be born inside of you don't be scared don't be afraid because when God wants to use you you may not be the best of persons when he looked at Gideon he said to Gideon he said mighty man of valor at the time Gideon was just an ordinary boy who was at the backside of his father's house he was the least of his father's house and Gideon was the least in his own family but God said to Gideon you are a mighty man of valor I came to prophesy to somebody here that you are a mighty woman of valor you are a mighty man of valor I came to announce to you that the heavens are open over your life because God is about to do a new thing somebody look at your neighbor say I'm about to push I'm about to break forth I'm about to break loose from being just leaves but I'm moving into the place of fruitfulness I'm moving into the place of my I'm catching some things in the spirit right now, things that my natural mind cannot give me, but my being with God will reveal to me. Friends, it's not about your family. It's not about your sister. It's not about even your husband. It's not even about your wife. It's not even about your uncle. It's not about your twin brother, but it's about your life. Somebody lift up your voice and say, I am pressing forward. Oh, I want you to shout it from the depth of your heart. Say, I am pressing forward. Paul says one thing I do I forget those things that are behind me and I press forth towards the mark for the price of the high calling there is a calling of God for my life I'm choosing to press for that calling I don't want to press for the things that the Gentiles seek the Bible says seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you for these things the Gentiles seek I don't want to seek what the Gentiles are seeking many of you are consumed only by what people are looking for you want to be accredited according to human standard what success means but according to God success means when you come into the hope of his calling for your life That's what real success means. Real success means that you have stepped into your purpose. Your purpose. That's what success means. Success means that you have come into your place of calling. I see people moving into the place of their callings. I see people moving into the place of their assignments. You might have been dead drunk and you might have been back at the the bottom. But you see, the first shall be the last and the last shall be the first. Do you understand what I'm saying? The overtaking anointing has come upon you, so don't worry. And it doesn't matter. He says, God says it this way: He says that you you the Excellency of the power is of God and not of you, which means that there is a treasure in earthen vessel, there is a treasure inside of you, and that treasure that is inside of you is in an earthen vessel. You may not be able to blend an earthen vessel with a treasure. Because how can you put a treasure in an earthen vessel? An earthen vessel is the vessel that is not perfect, an earthen vessel is the vessel that is not complete an earthen vessel is the vessel that feels she doesn't have it all together she feels she's not done things right for a long time an earthen vessel is that vessel who feels that he hasn't been in the wheel of God for his life all the while but God says no the excellence of the power is of me not of you not of you who is the vessel but of me who is God who empowers you to fulfill purpose I prophesy upon you that you are coming into purpose you are coming into the wheel of God for your life oh I feel a push in my spirit I feel a push in my spirit I feel something shaking right now I prophesy upon your life that you will not be on one spot that you were you will never be on the place where people saw you and yes the years you still remain on the same level that devil is a liar you're moving into new dimensions now you're moving into new heights right now you're about to satisfy the hunger of God if you believe what I'm saying say yes 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 (coughs) yes yes since, take me back to Mark chapter 11 verse, verse 13. It says that Jesus saw, Jesus saw the fig tree and when he saw the fig tree, he was disappointed in the fig tree. He was not happy that the fig tree did not bear fruits, even though it had leaves. And Bethany means the house of figs. It means that there were other fig trees that were there. That fig tree was not the only fig tree there. So Jesus looked at the fig tree and he was angry that that particular fig tree did not bear fruit. Which means that if, if, if God is looking at your life and there are some people who are like you that are surrounded by you. He's not saying that I am judging what they do by what you do. My expectation for you is different from my expectation from the other fees. Do you hear what I'm saying to you? So Jesus is saying that even though Bethany is the house of figs, my expectation for you as an individual is different from the house of fig. Your family might have an expectation. There might be a particular thing that is common among your family. But hey friends, what God is hungry for in your life is not what your family experiences usually. So when Jesus, when Jesus was angry, Jesus was angry. Now look at, I asked myself the question, why was Jesus, why was the dude angry? Why was Jesus angry? And, And see what it says, it says, for it was not the season of figs. So why should Jesus be angry when it was not time for the fig to bear fruit? Why was it? so? It tells you that it's not about the season of the natural course of the victory, but it's about his hunger. There is something God is hungry for in your life, and if He's expecting you to deliver, it has nothing to do with your family members. You might be so alike with your sister, you might be so alike with your mother, you might be so alike with your father, but you are different. You are not the same with the other figs. So it's not about the season, but it's about his hunger. He's hungry for something in your life. I came to prophesy to somebody here that whatever God is hungry for, you will deliver. Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. You don't hear what I'm saying. This is how people come into greatness. People come into greatness where they hear the word of faith and then the word of faith erupts in them purpose and then they begin to fulfill the purpose for their life. Can I shock you this evening? Do you know that there are certain things that God has designed for you to have? You've been passing by them in Abuja, but you had no clue that those things belong to you because you've not heard the word and faith has not been born in your spirit. The Bible says faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God, which means my friends, it means that when you hear God speak to you, Faith for your purpose will come. Faith for your, your assignment will come. Faith for your, your real glory will come. It's God might be telling you, live where you are, like Abraham. Leave your comfort zone. Get out of that place and I'm calling you to a land that I will show you. The land is without evidence. The land is without reference point. But it doesn't matter because what God says I'm going to do in your life. Eyes have not seen. Ears have not heard. Neither has it entered into the hearts of man. The things that God has in store for those who love the Lord. But the Bible moves on to say you know what God is planning in your life. I came to prophesy to you that if your eyes have been shut before God is going to open the eyes of your understanding Understanding that you will come into the hope of his calling for your life Paul says I press towards the mark for the price of the high calling in Jesus nothing moves me if it's not the mark nothing takes my attention if it's not the mark nothing will distract me if it's not the mark For the Bible says they that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion and they shall not be moved I trust God even when I don't have evidence I will trust God to be in in his will. I will trust God to stay in His will. I will trust God to walk in His will. Nothing will move me out of the wheel of God. And Paul, at the end of the day, said that I've been poured out as a drink offering, which means that I've been exhausted. Everything that God hoped for from me, I came to the knowledge of those things. I was able to apprehend those things. I pray for you that you will not be an ordinary woman and an ordinary man who did not come into apprehension of what. He he has called you to take I pray that you will come into the fullness of what he has called you to take God says I'm about to give you a nation break your mind open because he's about to do bigger than what you have think what you have thought what you have imagined and what you have planned to do God says I'm about to expand you hallelujah so he says he says that Jesus cursed the tree and when he cursed the tree, he was angry because the tree did not produce fruits. And to, to satisfy the hunger of Jesus does not necessarily mean to satisfy natural hunger. Neither does it mean to satisfy your own desires and cravings. Because you might want something And what you want is not necessarily what God is hungry for. It's a specific hope for you. It's not not a collective hope. You might be married, but the expectation is specific. I don't want to say something so that it doesn't look like I'm diminishing the idea and the concept of marriage. But you see, <clears throat> when God calls you, he called you to a hope that best fits you. The hope of God for your life is still unmade. Which means that if you don't come into it, You have left the collective body of Christ in the place of lack and want. Because the church is not just an individual, but the church is the collection of individuals who believe in Jesus Christ. So which means that if you have not fulfilled your part as a member of the body, because Paul uses body to describe the church, not organization. There is a difference between an organization and a body. Because an organization can act independently of each other. But nothing in the body happens independently. Which means that your hand will never do something for itself. The hand will always take and put in the mouth. And the mouth will not chew for the mouth. The mouth will chew for the stomach. And the stomach will not receive the food for the stomach. The food will be dissipated in the form of energy and absorbed by blood vessels for energy. So that at the end of the day, every member of your body is participating in the the initiation of just one member of the body. Which means that if you come into the place of your calling, you will initiate the calling of somebody else. If you come into the place of your assignment, somebody who was sleeping will wake up. What it means is that if you are not reluctant and if you are not sluggish about what he has hoped for when he called you, you will come into that place where you become an inspiration to other bodies. I mean, other members or parts of the body of Jesus Christ. So Jesus looked at the fig tree and he saw only leaves and he was not happy and he cursed it it is suggested that Jesus did not actually curse the fig tree according to history but he sealed up the curse because the fig tree produced leaves first before the fruits which means that it produced leaves prematurely saying that the tree already is cursed you hear what I'm saying lift up your right hand everybody and say I am pressing into my calling Oh, you don't hear what I'm saying. Come on, shout it loud. I am pressing into my calling. Look, if you don't come into the high calling of God for your life, you might just be another story. You might just be the second best of somebody else. But if you come into the full calling and the high calling of your life, you become the reference point to many generations to come. God says to you that I'm about to use you as a standard of declaration. that. because of you and your hearing of faith which you obeyed me others will hear me and see me and fear me and come to the knowledge of the high calling of Jesus Christ in my life my prayer for you is that you will come into the full place of his calling for your life I prophesy upon you nothing will stop you nothing will hold you down if money has been the limitation I break poverty. I break poor mindset. I break poverty mentality in your life right now and I command you to walk in the place of the fulfillment of your calling. Many of you have been discouraged in your purpose. You have actually started in the quest of fulfilling purpose. You have actually started but because of how things have been how things have been tough for you you decided to slow down and you decided to draw back but we are not of them that draw back onto perdition but we are of them that believe to the saving of the so, So what I'm saying to you my friend keep the fire burning because I feel in my spirit there's about to be a fresh fire here. Fire is coming upon TSV. I don't know where this is coming from but people are going to look at you and say you are not the same man that I met yesterday. You're not the same woman that I met yesterday. There is something about you that has changed and God is saying to you you are the one I want to use. Don't think about your neighbor. Don't think about your brother. Don't think about your sister. Don't think about your pastor but think about yourself it's you it's about you it's about this fig tree not about the house of figs it's about this particular fig tree he says I want to use you I want to use you I want to use you glory to God lift your hands and pray in the Holy Spirit for a few minutes this concludes this message Thank you for listening, and for more information about the Standpoint Church, visit our social media platform on www.facebook.com slash StandpointABJ, twitter.com slash StandpointABJ, instagram.com slash StandpointABJ, and on soundcloud.com slash StandpointABJ.